Warning, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouth. We may or may not use inappropriate language, but you, if you know us, you can guarantee we probably are. Warning. What's up? What's up? I'm Sarah, the mother. And I'm Jewel, the daughter. And And you're you're listening to What What the F is Ladylike. Jill, are you ready to talk about some stories? What kind of stories? It's the spooky ones, the scary ones. Are we talking about spirits and ghosts? Heck yeah, you ready? I'm ready, let's dive in. Welcome, welcome. If this is the first time listening to us, welcome. Welcome, guys. We have some spooky, spooky stuff for you today regarding our state, places that are in Oregon. You know, we we, we needed a little break from the seriousness, so we're going to go into spirits. I mean, what better time to do it than October? The beginning of October. We're going to do it all month long. Let's do it all month long. We have like a lot in our state that is just like. we got to cover a lot. I mean, I did not know until doing some looking around that we have a lot of haunted places. I mean, I think everybody has a lot of haunted places, but holy shit. I just got to say some of it was a shock. Yeah, so we're going to do probably the ones that people don't know about a lot first. Yeah, we're just going to get out of our comfort zone. We're going to talk about some spooky stuff, some some ghosts, just paranormal activity, you know, fun stuff. Yeah, and before we start, let's just focus on October as being our mental health taking care of our mental health, okay? So I know like a billion people go through what Jill and I go through on a daily basis, but let's just remind ourselves to take care of our mental health on a daily basis, right, Jill? Yes, try to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And be- and also before we start, um, let's give a shout out. Check out some Dylan's Art Glass. It'll be listed down below in our description. Don't forget to check out Jesse Sponberg. Right on UrbanSurvivorMan.com. Pretty great people right there, guys. And then we got Josh Larson. He's just wrapping up his uh, stand-up, but uh, he should be having a show out on Dying on the Inside. Gotta go check him out. He's pretty funny, guys. I know. And, you know, 
I have to give a shout out to Rachel because she helps him do the little jokes. <laughs> There's got to be that person in the background, you know? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you, Rachel. <laughs> so here we go. Spooky, spooky, spooky. So our favorite place, as you know, is the Oregon coast. Oregon coasts. I mean, before I found out some more stuff, it was very peaceful to me. But now I, ha- I, things that I once knew or used to go to, drove by, questioning it now a little bit. I mean, everybody knows the Goonies story, right? Like, we, we knew them pretty well as they passed down from, you know, the Native Americans that saw it and, you know, it passed down and passed down and passed down. So we knew that story. But there's a couple that we had no clue. No clue. I mean, Jill, did you ever hear about the Cannon Beach bandage man before? No, I have never heard of that. Yeah. So, you know, I was looking at all of these and I was like, huh, because we've been to all these places. And so I was like, huh, is this um, really, you know, you know, a thing. Man, there was even a sighting. The last sighting that I saw was in um, 2019 that was documented. And the story of the bandage man is like right off of like where US 26, the overpasses, and then it goes over to Highway 101. I'm trying to think like, has there ever been any like crazy eerie kind of things that ever happened? I don't know. I've never seen it, but then I never really drive there pitch black at night. So this story started like in the 1950s where there was a a sighting of it. And this couple, they were in their pickup truck and this suddenly it started moving, started like shimming and shaking back there. I mean, what would you do? Fuck that. Shimming and shaking, they turned around and there was this disoriented, you know, man with bandages and blood everywhere. Then, uh, see, I've never experienced anything like that kind of, well, similar, but like, not similar to that, but like nothing bloody, but like, I, that, that freaked the fuck out. I don't even know. It's probably slam on my brakes, probably caused a car accident. (laughs) Well, they were parked. So what they did is they took off. They took off, man. They were like, yeah, "Uh, uh, I'm getting the heck out of here, man." They just ditched, they just they, ditched their car. No, they took off. They just did. They try and like kick the thing out. Where they like get the fuck out. And then they turned around and it was gone. Oh fuck that, dude. <laughs> so since then, others have seen this bandage man. And they would jump into the back of, like, convertibles and um, trucks. Others seen um, the bandage man walking on the beach, walking down 101. And they even named, did you know Cannon Beach even named a street called the Bandage Man Road? I didn't know that. Do you know that they even sell t-shirts? I've never even seen it. I didn't. Oh, we're going to have to look for those now. See, I didn't know this. And we've been at the beach recently. And I I guess I would never paid it. You know, I would have. So eerie. Right. I probably would have said, dude, why they sent. Why? Why? 
They're gearing up for Halloween. <laughs> so as the legend has it, you know, this has been going on, um, you know, a long time. So PSU even did a study on this bandage man. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know this was a thing, um, this bandage man. But PSU ended up doing a study. But I'm going to tell you where they're thinking this bandage man came from. Are you ready for it, Joel? I don't know, man. I mean, I say, I say, I say it could be right. You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I physically have n- or I've never seen this bandage man. Now, now I'm going to be looking. Now I want to go and, you know, park the truck and see if something jumps in the back of my truck. Are you going to try intentionally for this to happen? Let, let's try, man. I don't well, even you know. You can do that all by yourself. You can invite <laughs> that into your life. I'm good. I mean, we may have to bring some sage. Do you guys hear this? I'm good on that. I'm good. She's always taught me to never bring a Ouija board into the home, right? She's talking about bringing a bandage man into her vehicle. (laughs) I mean, come on, come on, come on. Come on. So, I I don't know. I'd probably shit my pants. So, so here's what the legend says. The bandage man was a logger. Uh, in the 1930s, who was badly injured on the job. Obviously, he had a lot of bandages, right? I mean, blood. I mean, the witnesses says that we got some blood. So he was wrapped in these uh, bandages, and then he was sent away in an ambulance. But guess what happened, Joel? What? The ambulance fell victim to a landslide. That that's fucked up. In the route to the hospital. Well, I mean, there's a lot of landslides over there, so this could be believable. So when the rescue crew arrived, the landslide location, he was reportedly gone. Vanished, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this this management thing. Mm-hmm. In in 1974, University of Oregon Northwest um, Folklore Research, you know, they did this research to find out this information because of all of these stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was a major focus in a 2003 horror comedy film, Bandage Man. Oh, we're, there's a movie? Yeah, I mean... We're going to have to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we got to keep an eye out for this bandage man, man. Yeah, she's going to go searching, guys. She's going to invite this bandage man into her vehicle. So, don't... If she goes missing, you'll know why. Yeah, well... Bandage man got her. Yeah. Well, you know... A a big popular spot at the Oregon coast is Seaside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got got some things to say about Seaside. So everybody knows about the aquarium in Seaside. It's right off the boardwalk and, you know, it has a lot of, you know, what what do they have in there? Sea, Sea lions? They have sea lions. 
They now have a octopus. They have all sorts of fishes. They have sea urchin, all sorts of things in there now. Just like a small little in, in, what are, intimate kind of aquarium. It's not a big, huge aquarium. Well, bef- before we start the story, Jill and I do not support to... Uh, <sighs> enclose animals. Enclose animals. So we are not in supportive of that, just so you know. On the down low. Um, we'll let our sea life live. That's what I'm going to say. Um, so now back to the story. So that aquarium, it was built in 1924. It was supposed to be built as like um, a saltwater bathhouse. I mean, can you imagine that? Saltwater bathhouse. And then the the ocean was right there. And in the center, there was a fountain. So um, in the 1920s, the town of Seaside had these large indoor pools. One of them was that Seaside bath place. That facility contained a large indoor heated concrete swimming pool. And it had salt water in it. I bet you that was pretty nice. Probably. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, there was a big fountain right in that middle. And people would sit there and then they'd watch, you know, their children, you know, be in the pool. And maybe, maybe they should have paid attention a little bit more because I think there was a whole bunch of drownings there. That's crazy. So they would even in the in the 20s or the 30s, they would even let bands go and play there. And people would gather there for fun. And then during the Great Depression, um, the Seaside's Bath, they had to close. Not enough money, man. Not enough money. Not enough money. After that, it became a, a salmon farm. I don't want to talk about salmon farms, but it didn't last very long because witnesses had 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 found it to be haunted. Whoo! They thought it was the drowning victims of the pool. Too many people died. I don't know what was going on up in there. The building was then remodeled and reopened as an aquarium in 1937. They started charging admit admission. The admission was 15 cents per adult, 10 cents for children. In 1938, it, they added another, a, a third floor to it. But guess what? It took them forever because what happened was it was flipping haunted. There was so much paranormal activity that it it was until 1970. 1970. Dude, come on. The public still to this day cannot have access to it at all that area. Former employees even talk about all of these things that would happen. There was fixtures that would move. There would be, you know, up the steps. Some employees uh, would hear a bunch of noises. 
knocking, unexplained events that would actually happen. That's crazy. It is crazy. And obviously, Jewel has a little insight um, about even the animals must be sensing stuff, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. They could. They could. They could know. I mean, they're just like us. That's what I feel like. I feel like the animals have to know something, but they well, just can't talk and communicate. Yeah, but Jill knows that the uh, the octopus has been getting out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but years and years ago, one of the people said that the octopus kept, there, they had to keep replacing the octopuses because they kept getting out. But, I mean, I guess I hear octopuses are very clever and can get out easily. I think they knew something, man. So to kind of bounce off of you, to continue on with Seaside, Seaside's got a lot of activity going on. And it seems to be that it's just been swept under the rug. And for almost 100 years, the old hotel Seaside, later named the Seasider, was a Grandoise, or Grandoise, I can't pronounce shit, guys, beautiful building that was a sort of centerpiece to Seaside at the turnaround. So it's no surprise that the place acquired tales of apparitions and other worldly guests over the years. There were numerous spirits that haunted it. These days, the Shiloh Inn sits in that spot. But when the old hotel was torn down, the spooks moved to Girdle's restaurant just down the street on Broadway. According to owner Bob Girdle, having seen them himself or coming from various employees who tell their own tales, they talk of seeing the mysterious shadows of feet walking behind the door of closed off areas of the kitchen, visible the small space between the floor and the door. This happens when it's not possible anyone else is there, says Bob and his crew. They don't even check that room anymore when they see the shadows. Then there's there is the notorious flying coffee pot in the galley area between the kitchen and the main dining room. Bob and others on the staff have experienced this more than once. That would be fucked up to get a flying coffee. I mean, we've experienced I mean, that. we've experienced knives. Yeah, not a coffee, but knife. I feel like knives are a little dangerous. <laughs> Hot coffee. Hot coffee would not be good. Yeah, that's a fine coffee pot. Woof, that's crazy. Sometimes it moves a bit. Others, it f- literally flies across the hallway. Bob said it inherited some employees of the old seasider back in the 80s, and at least one said they saw some of the same ghosts. John Sowa, owner of the New Orleans-style eatery Little Bayo, also related tales of moving objects in the kitchen and a strange sense of someone being near him while alone in the office. Kitchen utensils are found in different places than employees have left them, or an object suddenly falls off a hook or a shelf. That kind of sounds so similar to like mm-hmm. what we experienced. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Little Bayou lies in historic Gilbert District of Seaside which is filled with old buildings, almost all with upstairs areas that are often unused. The charming atmospheric area has gone through a rebirth in recent years, and often there are whispers of ghosts coinciding with many of the renewed buildings. 
And then, yeah, there's, of course, the Seaside Aquarium being the closest contact anybody's had of, like, something really, really happening. Yeah. You go down to Lincoln City, and when I stayed in Lincoln City a couple years back, I don't know, three years, the locals would tell us a story about um, a ghost ship showing up right there, um, kind of where Moe's is at, you know, on that bay. And so, of course, it was a full moon night, and I, I, I went out there trying to figure out this, you know, ghost ship that was going to show up. I never saw it. Never saw it. I really don't even know this full story. I did get the heebie-jeebies, like, when I was down there at night, and it was a full moon, and but I never saw the ghost ship. But people would tell me stories about it. I just want to know who's seen this ghost ship. I mean, I want to see this ghost ship. Do you even know? Find out the story about the ghost ship. We'll have to, we'll have to dig into that. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? I didn't personally experience anything, but um, Simon, growing up, and this is kind of in between Rockaway and like Garibaldi. Okay, mm-hmm. Where, do, if anybody's around here from Oregon, it's called Camp Magruder. And there's been known of haunt murders, axe murders. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I mean, maybe. But I mean, it's a big camp area and there's been things or hauntings and spirits and all weird stuff that's been happening there. And Simon's got to experience his own kind of stuff there. What, what did he tell you? Um, He would see ghosts there and he would, they would freak out. Like you'd see like appearance, like apparitions. Mm-hmm. and. I it was it, I don't know I'd freak out. He told me about it. We drove. He made me drive through it when we last went. And I, yeah, yeah, I had me take pictures, guys. I will post one maybe. But did you guys see anything that day? No, but do you want to know something that's creepy? Is when you first walk in, not walk in, but like you drive through. It's first says it's not available to for public access. So that's for one kind of weird because Simon said it used to be able like anybody could drive through there just to like look at it. It had like a lake and you could jump in whatever. But right in front of like the entryway is like a cross made out of rocks. And so I kept asking Simon, I was like, is this like a religious like thing? And I kept asking him, I was like, did you go here for church? And he's like, no, he's like, I came here for outdoor school. I'm like, okay. And so, but no, he for sure, he went there for outdoor school. And like him and his other friends were there. And I mean, his friend Jesse has his own like stories too. And I'm just did, like, did, did Jesse tell you anything? He didn't tell me his, he hasn't told me anything, but he, they, when they, Simon brought it up, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's over at the coast too. I mean, you got to think all these little nooks and crannies where people could probably get away with like murders. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, it's for sure haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have one last story for you. I mean, we do know you, I mean, there's a lot of, um, check it out on the Oregon coast. 
Um, we do know there was a famous one about a fisherman that comes and it goes into, uh, you know, a restaurant or a bar and walks it. But check those out and check out the the Devil's Lake one. That one's cool. There's a also a lighthouse one that's over at the coast. And it's like a house, white house. And they say they see a lady dressed in gray. An older lady dressed in gray. And it's at a lighthouse somewhere at the coast. Yeah. But Joel has one more story for us before we take off out of here. And it's about Multnomah Falls. It's a different part of Oregon. But I mean, this, I, I mean, this is, I have to leave you guys on this because this is something that is like bigger in itself. And the message across it is just huge. So Monoma Falls, guys, I think it has an interesting story. It has many, many other stories that have probably happened after this. But back in the day, there was a lady who contracted an illness. She didn't quite know what it was. This was a long time ago. You couldn't really test or know what you really had. But she was worried that it was a plague. She was going to give it to other people. And this was a Native American? Yes, she was a Native American woman. She did the selfless act, and this is crazy and huge. She leaped the Multnomah Falls, committed suicide to save her village, to save her her people, her tribe. and. That is huge. And they say, still to this day, they see her appearance in the water. And it's not like a mean haunting. Like, she's not mean. But she just appears and she just looks graceful and peaceful. But that is just something so huge. She did the act of not wanting to spread an illness and committed suicide. And now her spirit is forever there. And I think that's beautiful. And doesn't she appear or um, isn't it like in the fall or is it in when does it she appear? Um, If people pay close attention, it's pretty much any time. And they say in the water um, close to where her where they found her, where her death, where her body was found. I mean, Dogface was just visiting there a couple couple weeks ago. Oh, my gosh, I know. Everybody, I, people have seen him in a couple spots in Portland and around here, and they're like, "Are you moving here?" <laughs> yeah, Multnomah Falls. There's a lot of death that's there. Yeah, I think um, even Scott and Michelle, who we know. No, I was there. Oh, you were there too. I was there. Yeah, and there we, was a freaking dead yeah, body. We, there was a dead body, and we were Michelle and I were on the bridge. Oh no. Well, we were all on the bridge hmm. because one of our friends was uh, proposing. And um, so we were there and um, you guys weren't there, but I had your stroller because I had everything mm-hmm. in there, you know. Right. That's okay. smart. That's smart. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And Scott was on the other side and... Uh, He's like freaking out and he's like, he's like freaking out. He's like, come here, come here. There's a dead body. There's a dead body. So we go hiking up there and then we look down where he says, sure as shit. 
we saw a dead body. We go down below and we're we're trying to get a hold of these park rangers and all this stuff. And we talk to them and they're like, yeah, it's a mannequin. We're like, fuck no. We, I, I don't even know if we walked back up there, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we were done. But I could have sworn Scott had his camera or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I can't remember. This was like a long, long time ago. And uh and they kept on trying to tell us like it it was a mannequin and and it wasn't. It wasn't because the very next day they reported it was a dead body. That's fucked up and you guys are sitting there telling them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a oh fucking lazy fucks. Yep. Do something. But they kept on telling me it was a mannequin. That's fucked up, dude. But there's a lot of death that happens at yeah. Multnomah Falls. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, hauntings that happen. Um, in the next episodes to come, we're going to be talking about buildings in our area. And uh, there one, one or two of them might just be a whole show. But we're going to try and get as much as possible through the spooky season and let you know what locations are haunted in our area. We want to hear from you. Um, we have, you know, Switzerland. Gotta give a shout out to you, huh? Oh, yeah. Little shout out. Loving what's going on there. Definitely loving what's going on there. You got to make love. Love is love. Love is love. And if anybody knows what's happening in Switzerland, you know what I mean. Love is love. That, that it's all that matters. It's all that matters. I know we have an, uh, some more listeners that are are new because we we've been seeing you guys pop up. Um, but yeah, we did have a question that popped up into our uh, social media that we want to address. They asked us if you know where to uh, talk about our episodes. Yeah, and that comment appeared on Facebook, and I mean. I think good platforms that we are constantly looking at and will respond to would be Facebook or Instagram. Um, My mom, Sarah, she would be more so both Facebook, Instagram, whereas I'm strictly Instagram. So if you want to just get a hold of me, Jewel, I'm on Instagram and you can just privately message me if you don't want to comment on any of my stuff, but you can just privately message me. you'll see I'm tagged in a lot of our what the F is lady like stuff, or you can just comment or message us on what the F is lady like. And that can work too. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to leave us a voicemail that is on our, our channel, which is anchor FM and anchor FM partners with Spotify and that's who pays us. So, um, if you go to anchor FM, um, you can have the option to actually leave us a voicemail or a voice message and we will get it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to just send us a, a message. If you want us to be on our show, um, leave us a voice message and we'll put it on the show if it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, when I say appropriate, I mean, we're not very appropriate, but I'm saying no hate, no hate. No judgment. Yeah. No judge zone. So we're going to try to cover as many haunted spots in our area. You let us know. 
You let us know your haunted spots in your areas. We want to hear all about it. So this would be the time that you can leave us voice messages and tell us about your haunted spots. Give us all your spooky stories. Yes, do it. We'd love to hear it. Maybe they'll come on our show. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Peace. Ladylike is produced by us. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe.